Hi, I'm Brad Constantine, and this is a Come Follow Me podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official podcast of the church, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. This year's study is the Book of Mormon. Each week, a new summary podcast of that week's Book of Mormon chapters will be released. But if you want a more detailed analysis of each individual chapter, those will also be available to listen to. I hope this Come Follow Me resource will be helpful to you. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll be notified each week of a new episode. I hope you like this uh, format. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be for lesson number 13, and it's going to cover the books of Enos through the words of Mormon. And it's also the time frame of March the 23rd through the 29th. So these chapters are rather small in nature. Uh, someone once said that if you, uh, if all the thousand-year history of Lehi's posterity was written so succinctly as these one-chapter books, the Book of Mormon would be a 20-page pamphlet instead of a 531-page book. That was by Victor Ludlow. So um, brevity is the soul of wit. That's true, but these are really brief. Uh, so chapter or book of Enos begins. He's the son of Jacob. Uh, we know that uh, he's talking about his father here, uh, but he mentions himself. He says, I, Enos, knowing my father that he was a just man, uh, meaning, ju meaning that Jacob kept the commandments. He lived the law of Moses and he was a good guy, uh, taught him in all the language. Now, when we talk about that, obviously everybody learns the language of their father, but what when we talk about this in this context, he's also mentioning that he also taught him the reformed Egyptian so that he could write on the plates. And so that's not just uh, in Hebrew that he learned, but also Reformed Egyptian. Now, verse 2 mentions that he has a wrestle with God. Now, we don't wrestle with God. Uh, God's not going to wrestle with us, but we wrestle with ourselves um, and getting in a position so that we can speak to God. Uh, everyone must gain their own testimony. Uh, and so every, everybody's supposed to... to come to grips with our own frailties and weaknesses. Uh, Brigham Young said that we all must wrestle to gain our personal salvation. And so that's what he's doing here. He's seeking um, his own salvation. He's praying for himself here and he's wrestling, uh, trying to get into, into a position to be able to hear the words of the Lord. And in verse four, he says that he, his soul hungered and he knelt. And it's not until we hunger after righteousness, it's not until we hunger after salvation that uh, we really feel like we have a need for it. Now, as he's praying, now it mentions that he prayed all all day and into the night. Obviously, it's not a continuous prayer, but it's uh, probably in uh, in seasons or in sections, so to speak, that he might pray for a while, then stop and and uh, think and ponder and then pray again. So he's this is an all day process, though, for him, and he's really wanting to to pray. He's doing a lot of repenting and soul searching. Uh, verse 5 uh, mentions that there came a voice to him. Now, this is not an audible voice, but rather a voice in his mind. This is the Spirit speaking to him. Uh, and it mentions that his sins are forgiven. This is the, the goal that we all have, isn't it? That we want to hear that our sins have been forgiven, that we become righteous in the eyes of our Father in heaven, that we become uh, perfect through the atonement of Christ. And we can have that and hear these, hear these words spoken to us uh, based upon our repentance. And then it mentions that uh, in verse 7, he, he wants to know how is it done, and the Spirit tells him because of your faith in Christ uh, that you can be made whole, that you can have this forgiveness of sins and be made, made, be made perfect. <clears throat> so in verse 9, it says that I had a desire then for the welfare of my, my brethren, the, the Nephites. And so now he's praying for others. <clears throat> Once he had a, an anchor to his own soul for forgiveness, from forgiveness, now he seeks the welfare of his family and others. 
and that's what he, he, he does in verse 10. Uh, he says, the voice of the Lord came unto me again, uh, saying that it's based on their diligence uh, and that they, they can receive that uh, forgiveness themselves. Uh, and then he says in verse 11, my faith began to be unshaken, and therefore I prayed for the Lamanites. And uh, the voice of the Lord came unto him again, saying that the, they would be blessed as well, and that they would, um, that their posterity would continue uh, all the way down through to the last days even. Um, verse 20 says, I bear record that the people of Nephi did seek diligently to restore the Lamanites. So they were trying to teach them even during Jacob's time. And verse 22, there are many prophets among them uh, to try to convince them of the truth. And uh, in verse 24, he summarizes that they had wars among the Lamanites already in his day. And he knows that he's about to die in verse 26. And so he's going to pass these on to his son. Um, and so it mentions here that... Uh, uh, he's going to give these uh, down to his son. He, he mentions that he declares the, his testimony. I soon go to the place of my rest, which is with my Redeemer, for I know that in him I shall find rest. So he has also had his calling elections made sure. He's, he knows that he's going to be in the celestial kingdom. And uh, he then passes this on to his son. Now, Jerem picks it up in the next book. <clears throat> the word Jerem now, the English equivalent of this is Richard, <clears throat> or to be uh, prosperous or to be happy. So Richard, if you know anybody named Jeremy, you can call him Richard. They probably don't know that. Uh, but in this book, he's going to mention his genealogy. And the reason that he's mentioning his name is to continue the genealogy so that he's the son of Enos, <clears throat> who's the son of Jacob, and so on. So the, this record will continue to be kept. And again, these are the small plates. It mentions in verse 2, these are the plates uh, that are small, and as they are, uh, as things are written for the intent of the of our brethren, the Lamanites. So I'm just going to write a few things. Um, I'm not going to write very much of the prophecies because they've already been done. Uh, he says that there in verse four that uh, many are stiff-necked and have, uh, as many are stiff are not stiff-necked and have faith, have communion with the Holy Spirit, which maketh manifest unto the children of men according to their faith. And so he's announcing here that there are still faithful people that are living the gospel. Verse 5, he mentions that they live the law of Moses um, and that uh, the Nephites and Lamanites have uh, battles every once in a while. Uh, our kings in verse 7 were leaders, were mighty men and had faith in the Lord. And uh, verse 8, we multiplied exceedingly. Uh, we made weapons of war to defend ourselves. Um, and that uh, he says, uh, inasmuch as you keep the commandments, uh, then the Lord's going to prosper you in the land. Uh, they held the Melchizedek priesthood, as noted in verse 11, that they had priests and teachers, as mentioned before. Those are not offices, but are maybe descriptive of the positions that they held. Um, and then in verse 15, it says, I, I deliver these in, uh, records into the hands of my son, Omni, that they may be kept. And so then the book of Omni begins, and this one's uh, even got more authors than uh, than these last ones. At least Jerem was the, the full author of his own book, but Omni... He's going to pass these on. It says in verse 2, I uh, would that you should know that I fought much with the sword. Uh, it doesn't mention sword of Laban. That was because the king had that. So, um, But he mentions in verse 2 that he's a wicked man. Uh, we don't mean to believe that he was wicked in the sense that uh, he did things like King Noah may have done, but that rather that he probably just didn't keep the law of Moses completely. Um, and so then he's going to, he mentions that 200 years of, and 70 and 6 years have passed away. 
um, and that he's kept the commandments in verse 3 to pass them upon his son Amaron. <clears throat> so he makes an end. Then verse 4, Amaron writes a few uh, things in the book of his father. Uh, 320 years had passed away, and the more wicked part of the Nephites were destroyed. Um, but the Lord would not suffer that he that uh, he had led them out of the land of Jerusalem and kept them to fall into the hands of their enemies. And so he's calling them to repentance. Verse 7, wherefore the Lord did visit them in great judgment, that they would keep the commandments. Uh, then in verse uh, 8, it says that uh, I did deliver the plates unto my brother Chemish. Now the word, the word Chemish means fifth. And we're not sure exactly fifth what, whether that's the fifth son, the fifth since Nephi. Uh, we don't know what that means or why, why it's why he's called that or Chemish, Chemish or Chemish. Uh, verse 9, Chemish then writes a few things and and um, and then he, he gives them up. And verse uh, 10, behold, I, Abinadam, am the son of Chemish. Therefore, I write a few words. Um, I did fight with uh, with my own sword against the Lamanites. <clears throat> and then in verse 11, the record which is engraven upon the plates, which is uh, uh, had by the kings, I mean, the large plates according to the generations. Uh, and I know of no revelation save it which save that which is written, either neither prophecy that which is sufficient is written, and I make an end. Uh, and then behold, uh, Amalekiah, verse 12, Amalekiah, uh, he writes, he's the son of Abinadam. Behold, I will speak unto you concerning Mosiah who was made king over the land of Zarahemla. So now we get a little bit more history here from this. He being warned of the Lord uh, that he should flee out of the land of Nephi. So this is telling us that Mosiah and his people leave, uh, leave the, among the Nephites. Uh, they're going to go off to, to other parts. Uh, they depart out of the land. Verse 13, it came to pass that he did according as the Lord commanded him, and they departed out of the land of the wilderness. Um, and they came to a land named Zarahemla in verse 13 and then 14. And they discovered a people who were called the people of Zarahemla, and they did rejoice that they found them. Now these were people, um, verse 15, it says, it came to pass that Mosiah discovered that the people of Zarahemla came out from Jerusalem at the time that Zedekiah, king of Judah, was carried away captive into Babylon. So now we find out that there's another group of people that have left Jerusalem at the same time or a few years after the Lehites did. <clears throat> and they journeyed in the wilderness, verse 16, and were brought by the hand of the Lord across the great waters into the land where Mosiah discovered them. And they had dwelt there from that time forth. So we think that they landed uh, in the northern area or northern, a far northern part than the Nephites did. And now the people of Mosiah have just discovered them. But they also notice in verse 17 that their language had been corrupted. Now remember, they didn't take any records with them like the Nephites did. And so they no longer speak the Hebrew, or at least in the same format that, the, that Mosiah and his people did. And it says that they, the people of Mosiah could not understand the people of uh, Zarahemla or the Mulekites. And so it mentions here <clears throat> that uh, in the days of Mosiah, there was a large stone brought before him with engravings on it. And he did interpret the engravings by the gift and power of God. And they gave an account of a Coriantumr and the slain of his people, speaking about the Jaredites. And Coriantumr was discovered by the people of Zarahemla or the Mulekites, and he dwelt with them for the space of nine moons or nine months. And so that's what's, uh, so they've found now the people of Mosiah have found the Mulekites who have found the uh, Jaredites. And so we have three groups of people here upon the American continent. <clears throat> and it mentions in verse 22 that the Jaredites were those that came out from the Tower of Babel when the languages were confounded. And so um, Amalekai is mentioning he's born in the days of Mosiah 
uh, and he has lived to see his death, and Benjamin, his son, reigns in his stead. And so now we have King Benjamin that comes forth. <clears throat> Verse 25, it says uh, <clears throat> that, uh, uh, let's see, Amalekai is becoming old, and he doesn't have anybody to pass the plates along to. And he says, knowing Benjamin to be a just man, therefore I shall deliver up these, meaning the small plates, unto him, um, exhorting all to, to keep the commandments of God. And now, my beloved brethren, I would that ye should come unto Christ, who is the Holy One of Israel, and partake of his salvation and the power of his redemption. And come unto him and offer your whole souls as an offering unto him, and continue in fasting and praying, and endure to the end. And as the Lord liveth, ye, ye will be saved. And so now he uh, mentions that, uh, and now in verse 27, I would speak somewhat concerning a certain number who went up into the wilderness to return to the land of Nephi. For there was a large number who were desirous to possess the land of their inheritance. And so this is talking about the people of Zenith, uh, but we'll get into that later as we get into Mosiah chapters 9 through 14, or 9, and chapter 9 begins the record of Zenith, but we'll get to that later. Uh, verse 30, I, Amalekai, had a brother who also went with them, and I have not since known concerning them, and I am about to lie down in my grave, and these plates, I mean the small plates are full, and I make an end of speaking. And so now the, the that part of the Book of Mormon comes to an end. Uh, the small plates are over. Um, Following the words of Mormon, which we'll get into in a second here, the Book of Mormon is an abridgment from the large plates of Nephi from this point forward, with occasional excerpts from other plates, um, plates of Lamoni and, and the plate, or plates of Limhi and the plates of, uh, of uh, Alma. So we'll get into that later. But first of all, let's get into the words of Mormon. This uh, is an insertion here between uh, the small plates and the large plates. <clears throat> Let me just uh, give you a brief description of what this is from Victor Ludlow. He says, uh, and he's quoting Daniel Ludlow, he says, The words of Mormon were apparently written near the end of Mormon's life for the purpose of connecting two major records. It was made known to Mormon that, that the small plates of Nephi, which ended when Benjamin was a relatively young man, might be used to replace his abridgment of the book of Lehi, the first book of, on the plates of Nephi, which ended when Benjamin was an old man about ready to die, so that a, a gap would not occur in the history of the Nephites. Mormon included the major events of the lifetime of King Benjamin in the words of Mormon, thus connecting the account of, on the small plates of Nephi with Mormon's abridgment of the book of Mosiah. After Nephi's death, the large plates remained with the kings down to the time of Mormon, while the small plates went to Jacob and his posterity until the time of Amalekai, who gave them to King Benjamin. Thus, the two sets of plates were back into the possession of one person. <clears throat> and so the words of Mormon, then, he mentions here that uh, he's about to deliver up the record. This is prior, just prior to his death. He's going to give the record to his son Moroni. Um, being that he has seen the destruction of his people. It's many hundreds of years after the coming of Christ that he delivers up these records and all of his people practically have been destroyed. Um, but he says in verse 3, I speak somewhat concerning that which I have written, for after I made an end, an abridgment from the plates, meaning the large plates of Nephi, down to the reign of this King Benjamin, of whom Amalekai spake, I searched among the records which had been delivered into my hands, and I found these plates, meaning the small plates, which contain this small account of the prophets from Jacob down to the reign of this King Benjamin, and also many of the words of Nephi. So he's, he's combining now the small plates with the large plates, and he's not going to abridge the small plates, he's just going to include them with them. Uh, he says, uh, the things upon these plates pleasing me because of the prophecies of the coming of Christ and my fathers knowing that many of them have been fulfilled. And I also know that as many things as have been prophesied concerning us down to this day have been fulfilled and as many as go beyond this day must surely come to pass. 
And then so he continues to mention about these plates, these things, meaning the small plates. Uh, and then in verse 7, he does this. He says, for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me. Now, he doesn't know the wise purpose, but we know in hindsight that this is because of the uh, lost manuscript. Elder Holland said at least six times in the Book of Mormon, the phrase for a wise purpose is used in reference to the making, writing, and preserving of the small plates of Nephi. We know one such wise purpose, the obvious one, was to compensate for the lost 116 pages. But it strikes me that there is a wiser purpose than that. The key to such a suggestion is in verse 45 of section 10. He says, Behold, there are many things engraven upon the small plates of Nephi which do, grow, do throw greater views upon my gospel. So clearly, it was not tit for tat, this for that. You give me 116 pages of manuscript and I'll give you 142 pages of printed text. Not so. We got back more than we lost. And it was known from the beginning that it would be so. We do not know exactly what we missed in the 116 pages, but we do know that what we received on the small plates was the personal declarations of three great witnesses, Nephi, Jacob, and Isaiah, testifying that Jesus is the Christ. I think you could make a pretty obvious case that the sole purpose of the small plates was to give a platform for these three witnesses. And that was by Elder Holland. <clears throat> so you can see that uh, the small plates are going to shed a lot more light on the history and the doctrines of the Nephites than what the large plates would have done in the book of Lehi. Uh, verse 10, wherefore it came to pass that after Amalekai had delivered up these plates into the hands of King Benjamin, he took them and put them with the other plates, uh, which contained the records. And so those now are going to go together. Uh, verse 13, it came to pass also that the armies of the Lamanites came down out of the land of Nephi to give battle unto, the, unto his people. Um, but behold, King Benjamin gathered together his armies and did stand against them. So we have the record here that uh, that they've been successful in in defeating the Nephites or defeating the Lamanites on several occasions. Um, I want you to notice something though as we conclude the book of uh, the Words of Mormon, <clears throat> because it says in here, um, wherefore with the help of these, King Benjamin, by laboring with all the might of his body and the faculty of his whole soul and also the prophets did once more establish peace in the land. So that seems like a pretty uh, good place to end the record, that they've, uh, they've, they've had peace, uh, they've gotten rid of the Lamanites, uh, and they have peace among themselves. But when we get into the next record, the next book of Mosiah, there's going to be a difficulty in, in linking the two, and we'll get into that next time. So come back for the next lesson, because we'll then talk about the possibility of some lost scriptures in Mosiah that we'll, we'll talk about later. I bear testimony that this is translated material, that this Book of Mormon is true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do I sound redundant in saying that? It's true. I believe that.